Hey bosses, before we kick off this episode, I just want to tell you that this actual episode of Invest Like a Boss has been changed a little bit from its original airing, but for a very good reason. The initial airing of this interview had very bad audio quality, and I'm happy to report that thanks to the artificial intelligence gods, it has mostly been fixed, and the audio you will find on this is much, much better than the original episode. You'll hear a lot of jokes from myself and Johnny about how terrible it was. Well, good news is that you can actually understand what we're talking about on this episode. So enjoy this interview with the founders of Boxable. What's up, bosses? A quick word from our sponsor before we kick off this episode. The thing about running your own business is every single hire counts. And no hiring partner understands that like Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You can find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments, and virtual interviews. I'm going to tell you all about those features and more during the break in the show. But if you want to get a jump start, just visit indeed.com slash iLab to start hiring now. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. So just go to indeed.com slash iLab. That's indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, let's kick off this episode of Invest Like a Boss. Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks. And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash. Hey, bosses, and welcome to episode 245 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I am not in a tiny home, but I do dream about it. Here with my good friend and co-host, Derek Sparts. I'm in a tiny home that was built long before Boxable existed in Venice Beach. Um, But I am fresh from Las Vegas, which is where our guest is located this week. Yeah, and actually, no matter where I am, regardless if I'm in a very nice, luxurious place or a small, you know, even worse off place, I love watching tiny home videos. That's like my guilty pleasure. If you check my YouTube history, it's almost all alternative living and tiny host home tours. Okay, so I got a question for you then, Johnny, because we're both bigger guys. Um, have you actually stepped foot in a tiny home? I have never been in a tiny home. <laughs> I've always wanted to. Um they just don't really exist in places that I live. I mean, I I mean to be fair, I have lived in pretty small places. Um, I've lived in bamboo huts, which are you know smaller than than you know most tiny homes, and definitely smaller than than the boxable. Um, I've lived in Thai apartments, which are you know uh, I don't know how many square feet would be, you know, for sure less than three hundred square feet. Um, and so in general, yeah, I like small spaces. I like very, I like efficiency. Uh, I like minimalism. So I, I think I would do well in them. So the ones I've been in are, they're cool because they are very efficient. Yeah. You know, they have storage in crazy places, uh, beds in wherever, and it makes sense, but I get a little claustrophobic, uh, you know, I'm pretty tall and the ceilings are low. And one problem I have is a lot of these, they put the bed like up above so you could wake up and you just 
sit up and you hit your head on the ceiling. I don't like I don't like that. I hate loft beds in general, even if you can sign up, stand up up there. Uh, I hate the fact of being up there and then needing to pee in the middle of the night and needing to <laughs> yeah. fall downstairs or a ladder or something. I'm it's... so clumsy just in normal everyday life during the day. I can't imagine being half asleep and going down a ladder. Yeah, because I've stayed in a lot of lofts. And every time I do on Airbnb, it looks amazing. And I'm like, oh, this place is going to be great. you know. And it just sounds cool. It's a loft. Uh, lofts suck. I don't know who like who thought you know they would be cool. Maybe they look good in photos, um, but it's in general they're way hotter up there because they and they don't normally get any airflow because you're you're kind of near the ceiling, um, which might be good in the winter, but in the summer it's it's just uncomfortable. Uh, whether it's a stair, you know, stairs, a ladder, or a spiral staircase, it's never really that comfortable of a staircase is never a full-size staircase and even then I, I wouldn't want to run downstairs in the middle of the night in the dark to try to use the bathroom it just i don't like it totally agree and that's actually what i expected when i went to visit boxable so they graciously invited me out to their factory in las vegas and i figured why not vegas is close by um i always love going to vegas anyways so it's about 20 minutes north of the vegas strip out in this huge expansive warehouse area vegas is going crazy with the business stuff so actually right next door is amazon there's other huge companies and it was cool to see this kind of expansion and nice clean new warehouse and i get there and they got these boxables out in the parking lot to you know check them out and i walked in and the ceilings are like nine feet tall i did not expect that oh, um, wow. it's, it's really nine open nine foot six ceilings that's crazy yeah, so it's really open, recessed lighting, so there's not like lights hanging out down in your head. Um, open kitchen, it's really open concept. It's kind of like basically a studio apartment, um, but it it felt bigger than it is, really. Honestly, I'll be honest. How many square feet is your uh, apartment in um, in Venice? It's almost the same. So a boxable is 375 square feet, and I believe my apartment is 400, but I also have a really large balcony that adds another couple hundred square feet, so it feels a lot bigger than that, but it's it's around the same size as a boxable, sadly. Okay, so uh, having that as a comparison, which one feels bigger being in there? The boxable, because it's just more open. Yeah, I think design really matters, especially in small spaces, uh, and also just minimum, like, not having a bunch of stuff and clutter, even mm-hmm. in my you know pretty big uh, apartment I'm in I'm in now, which is I think I don't know actually I don't I don't know how big it is. It's probably closer to like a thousand uh, square feet or at, or at least eight hundred. But when it's messy, it feels small. It feels cramped. But when I have the 100%. maid come over and it's clean, it just feels so much bigger. You know what? I've been buying a bunch of like uh, cameras and microphones and stuff, and I'm I'm trying to set up a new space, and I. I don't have the space yet. Uh, hopefully soon I'll have an announcement for you guys on that. But in the meantime, I've just been storing it in my apartment and I'm going insane, Johnny. It's it's like, a, it's I'm starting to look like a hoarder. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I need space. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's always, uh, it's always hard. And I, the only thing I, I don't know about Boxable uh, is their storage. I, I'm assuming they, 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 they have it built in because it's made for the U S market. But did you, did you see any? Well, beyond the kitchen cabinets, I guess, and I think there was a closet in the bathroom. I don't know that there's a lot beyond that, but I mean, you could you could do things with furniture and, and stuff like that, I guess. Yeah, because 
it looks like under the the TV cabinet kind of which separates the living room and bedroom. Uh, looks like there's some storage in there, and I don't know what bed it does. It come with a bed, and does it come with a, with a um, with a it, couch and everything? It does not come with furniture, but it does come with all your appliances, uh, fixtures, uh, cabinets, things like that. So it's move in ready minus the furniture. Okay, so a very easy hack would be uh, get a bed that lifts up and you can store under the bed. Or yeah, those things are awesome. Yeah, I have two of them. And it's you know it's kind of more long term storage because I, I wouldn't want to lift up the bed every day even though I mean it's really not that hard it's just it's just a big kind of like uh, cavernous like you know area under so yeah you can put a ton of stuff down there so you can't you know store all your things down there and also under your sofa too if you if you need you can um, you can get a sofa with storage. Yeah, it's it's a really smart idea. I like it. Um, the company does have some issues, which I'll I'll bring up after the interview. Um, why don't we jump into it? So I'm gonna be straight up right away. It's my fault. There's some audio issues on this. Um, we decided it'd be really cool to record it inside a boxable, but when you take all the furniture outside of this boxable, you're in a box. <laughs> I mean, like it says, and it got really echoey. Um, we're gonna do our best to clean it up. Uh, cut down the interview a little bit. If you want to check out the full interview, I got a link to the video. It's a lot easier to watch it with the video. Um, but we're going to get the basics out of here. I'm talking to the two founders of Boxable. It's Paolo and Galliano Tiramani. They're actually a father and son team. Really interesting characters. Um, not your average uh, startup founders, I would say. So a lot of good information in here. Uh, we'll get to it. And then I think we'll come back because I definitely have some issues that I want to talk about with Boxable. Yeah, definitely. And I, first off, I want, to, I want to say how excited I am that you were able to interview them because I think I, I mentioned this at least a year ago because when I first saw a video of them uh, unpacking one of these boxes, uh, these box tiny homes uh, in under an hour and selling it for $50,000, which for a fully moving ready you know, ADU accessory delegate in it is is super cheap, especially, you know, uh, considering something like this would take months uh, to build and, you know, at least $50,000 anyways. So for them to be able to just drop it off in your backyard or have it up there, I, I think it's a really cool concept. So uh, I was excited. They also have some investment uh, opportunities. So let's talk about all that in the outro. But first, uh, here is the interview. This week's Invest Like a Boss is sponsored by Indeed.com. Now, we know a lot of you bosses out there run your own business. And if you do that, you know every single hire counts. And no hiring partner understands that like Indeed. With Indeed, you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You can find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match Assessments and Virtual Interviews. And if you hate waiting, like I do, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And that brings me to my favorite feature of Indeed. It's called Instant Match. The candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in a search. That's according to U.S. Indeed data. 
with Instant Match. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed does all the hard work for you. Just sponsor a job and boom! You have candidates who match your job post right on the spot. So join the over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Just head to Indeed.com slash iLab to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. I'll give you that website one more time. It's Indeed.com slash iLab. Terms and conditions apply cost per application pricing not available for everyone need to hire you need indeed all right guys welcome to invest like a boss a special episode i'm on site in las vegas at the boxable factory in fact we're inside one of boxable's casitas so it's really awesome i got the two founders here i got paulo and galliano thanks for coming on guys and appreciate you showing me around the tour welcome it's a fantastic podcast uh, I also filmed a tour of the factory, which you guys can check out. I'll put the link below. Really clean factory, super process. I'm glad I got to see that. Uh, why don't you guys just tell me the inspiration behind Boxable? I tried to look you guys up a little bit and do my research. Not a, not a whole lot about you out there. So tell me about yourselves and what got you into Boxable. So I think the origination of the idea was to, uh, it was not the idea, it was to find a problem you need to solve. And uh, Kalyan and I were going to get involved as operators in the business. We thought, let's find a big problem because we can put the same amount of energy into a small problem as you can a big problem. Sure. So uh, it took, took a little while because we realized that building construction was essentially in a pre-industrial condition. Pre-industrial just means it's not built in a factory. Yeah. And so it can't take, we can't take advantage of all post-industrial things from, from digital to, to physical space. Uh, so, so we looked at that and said, you know, what are the problems in that space? What's preventing it from being in a, in a, in a factory? And uh, obviously size was a big one because buildings are big. Mm. And really that was the genesis of the idea. And that was a question I wanted to bring up because it seems like everything in our life is built in a factory except your house. So why, why did it take so long to get to this factory model, do you think? It's, it's too big. It's too bad. And, and that's why uh, folding is so important. A lot of people look at it and say, oh, the house folds up and it's cool. But they don't realize how critical that is. Sure. Uh, if it wasn't for that, it, you can't build it in the factory. And you got to fit it on a semi truck. And no, you can't do that. You're... If, you, if you can't ship it, just build it on site. And that's why 90% of buildings are built on site. So now this shipping innovation allows us to go in and basically realign building construction vault modern manufacturing. So it's an incredibly massive opportunity. And the idea is that eventually we would have a house factory that looks like an automobile factory. And an automobile factory is the best example of modern mass production and scale and innovation and automation. And so Cal on your team uh, just gave me the tour. And I the only factories I've really been to are automotive factories. I went to uh, Porsche and BMW in Germany. Um, really awesome factories and streamlined. And it's surprising how few people make a car. But um, you guys actually have a lot of actual humans out on the line um, putting these casitas together. And it's really impressive. And that was the first thing I came to mind is this looks like an automobile factory. And it's, it's very interesting you should mention Porsche because we actually have used those as, as consultants to come. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I got to get the best. Yeah, I got to them and said, well, maybe they consult for us. And they agreed to consult for us. So they sort of drop in 
you know, parachute in periodically right, uh, to help us set up the production line to get as, uh, as efficient as we possibly can. Uh, well, I, it looks really efficient now, and I think it sounds like you guys are going to streamline it even further going forward. Yeah, right now we're very analog uh, because we have to figure out how things go together, and it's an iterative process. Yeah, uh, because there are no other. You know, you make a second, you make, you make another, another time to calm another more leaf car. The car guy's going to have to make cars. Nobody's ever made a product like this. Before. Sure. So we have to start from ground zero with some first principles. And we're going through these iterative steps. So we decided to start, well, we have to start in a very analog way. Analog, I mean, without a lot of uh, computerized equipment or robotics. And as we figure things out, we we keep uh, changing the equipment to go to sort of a fully automated situation. And that's, that's the goal. Very cool. So before we get too deep into the process of building one of these, and then we're going to talk about the investment opportunity um, at Boxable as well. I got to ask this because a lot of our listeners are asking about it and guys have got a lot of press on it. Is Elon Musk living in a box? This is the first time we can actually. Yeah, so a few years ago, we actually sold Elon Musk and SpaceX, one of the early prototypes. Okay. And we were not supposed to say anything about it because we have the NDA and all that. Sure. So we didn't. Uh, but a lot of people speculated for a long time. We just said, keep our mouth shut. Until about you know a week or two ago, and he actually came out himself on the full send. I saw that, so I wanted to make sure because you know Elon says a lot of things, but I, I was like, there's no reason he would lie about something like this. And one of our listeners actually said, "Why will they keep it quiet about this?" Because they had speculated, you know, maybe he's not, and they just wanted the press. Yeah. But you're saying it was an NDA situation, so yeah, I was, I was um, uh, uh, you know, uh. He had, he had, we had an NDA, uh, with, with his company and they just do that standard sure. for everyone. So it wasn't necessarily a big secret, but we were not supposed to talk about it. Just like any of his vendors, cards will spoil. Well, honestly, I mean, if you're Elon, someone's, and you buy something, everyone's going to be all over it. So it totally makes sense to sign an NDA for anything because the pre- amount of press around him. But I feel like even if it was speculative, uh, and it's confirmed now that you had to get a rush of travel. Oh, so, is it even more mysterious and then aren't supposed to say anything about it? So what kind of numbers did you see in interest uh, when anything that touches Elon? Well, you know, we already were kind of knocking it out of the park on um, fundraising, crowd raising, interest in the product before Elon. Like for example, before many of that must press came out, we did a Reg CF on start engine at our $5 million, which we sold out in under two weeks. So if you would actually start an engine on the podcasting for it too, yeah. because you'd have episode number for you guys to check them out. Yeah. So that's a lot in two weeks. Oh yeah. So we were already, you know, doing great. And then the Musk press happened and it wasn't just uh, him tweeting about it once. It was about a hundred press articles sure. from all locations all around the world. Uh, and they just kept rolling in and, and web traffic went up and up. And then we've just had another hit at it when he came back and started talking about him again. So it kind of, it's, it keeps paying off for us. That was a, that was a good score selling in that, that first uh, early prototype. It was actually, we built uh, three prototypes originally. This is, we're sitting in now as one mm-hmm. of the three. And when they asked to buy one from us, I said, well, we can give you one, we need to keep two. Yeah, so make it uh, you only get one you on. That's the better accident. That was absolutely, that was absolutely terrific. And you know, also we're big fans. Who's not? Yeah, I mean, amazing. So, so have number one come, and we, we actually turned them down a number of times, and, yeah. and they had calling, and we thought it was, uh, you know, it was a bit of a, a bit of a joke. Sure, right? Is this real? Yeah, just make a call. 
And so we said, well, let's just go drop one off and see where it is. And sure enough, we landed in SpaceX and brought one down to the guy. That's awesome. He said, it's actually on uh, Google Maps now on Google Street View. Oh, right, you see it. Like, if you go look around Boca Chica, Starbase, oh. you can actually see it sitting in it. it is, yeah. <laughs> I think it's 69 Main Street. Yeah, 69 oh, Main Street. That sounds like it is on. Boca Chica, Texas. Oh, yeah. uh, cool. We should grab a screenshot of that. We should like, get that on the show. Um, let's talk about a little bit more about the production process. So we're actually sitting in the casino model right now. So this is one of the prototypes. Um, I had a question, do they all look the same? Um, are there other models or are they coming in, in the future or is everything laid out the same? And is it same material, same appliances, things like that? Uh, so, so for anyone that's not familiar with Boxable, uh, check out, you know, the website, you'll go to boxabl.com and you'll quickly see a house unfolding there. And uh, what we've created here is a building system where different size room modules will stack and connect to basically build hopefully most any uh, residential building on the planet to the most part. So it can be a, a multifamily apartment building, a single family residential, all the way down to this little casita. And this little casita is just a starting point for the company. It's the first room module on the system that we fitted out as kind of a studio apartment, kitchen, bathroom, bedroom, couch. And we're just dialing it in here. And we're calling right now prototype factory. And once everything's perfected, we'll scale up and we'll scale up into that full building system with basically endless configurations and different layout types. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, if if you're just listening to this and you're not able to see it, these actually stack. It kind of, I think it's kind of a trend that the shipping container trend where you make, make homes out of shipping containers and stack up. It kind of really reminds me of that where you can almost play like Tetris in yep. your box bowls. That's that's a, a perfect analogy or even, or even Legos. I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting to see that what we have what we have here is a twenty by twenty, which is the casita, and we'll also be making what we call the building shells in twenty by thirty and twenty by forty. Okay. So twenty by forty, eight hundred square feet, thereabouts, forty foot clear span, cut windows and doors wherever you want without a header, and as you pointed out, stack connect cantilever. Uh, it makes a very compelling uh, system where you can you can make most things most in time. We're not here just to make tiny homes and casitas. We're here to fix, uh, you know, global problem with housing. So this will eventually scale out to uh, mid-rise buildings, single-family homes, very large homes, because the system can accommodate that. And for us, as a point of entry, uh, we looked around marketplace and said, well, this backyard ADUs in California is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. And we can start with our smallest building shell, which is the 20 by 20. Let's configure that. Uh, as an ADU, as a, as a studio home, and let's see where it goes from there. And then we put that out there, and then the market absolutely exploded. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually live in California too, and I know um, California is notoriously hard to get permitting and permitting issues. But this, uh, we're in such a housing shortage that the ADU, I think, permitting has been relaxed uh, recently. Um, can you kind of explain? Let's say. Your average customer is in California or wherever maybe wants to uh, put an ADU in their backyard. How difficult is it now in California compared to maybe a couple of years ago? Uh, yeah, so, so your original idea to start with the small room module was to target backyard houses in California. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening was everyone on the sun came at us with a thousand different use cases. Yep. And now we have a wait list with 130,000 names of people that want you know, units. Uh, for all kind of stuff, yeah. of course, housing, military, uh, just, you know, everything you can imagine. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, 
on the tour, you, they're actually sending into a mining company. So I'm assuming all the workers are just going to stay in one of these. Yep. So that's uh, our, one of our next big customers is a, a copper line in Arizona. Cool. So we're going to be doing a little village out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, accessory dwelling units are, are huge. California has totally opened it up in a number of ways. Not only have they basically revitalized an EBU in the backyard of every house in the state, mm-hmm. um, but they're alive for subdivision lots. You can put uh, two ADUs in a lot of backyards. The state has come in and told the local governments you cannot prohibit. Uh, so this is on the same level for this. Um, oh, there was a crazy governmentation. It's so hard. There's a number of different laws that that push for it. And then even for actually permitting, some of the local governments are doing pre-approved permits. So, for example, in the future, if you live in LA, you might be able to go to the LA building department and say, "Hey, I'd like to build an ADU," and they'll say to you, "Hey, if you want to." Uh, pick one from this list. The permit's pre-approved, then it takes five minutes mm-hmm. versus the, a longer process. So, well, it also just comes to my mind too. This could be like a great investment strategy for anyone out there that that has a home and was looking to rent. Um, I'm in West Los Angeles, and this casino that we're in, with minimum two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars a month, just I mean, that could be for someone mortgage. So that's, what's important is how it feels as well. So, you know, we do get compared to tiny homes as we should because this is, you know, 400 square feet, 250 square feet. But when you compare it to, um, you know, a, 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 a container and pictures, it doesn't tell the whole picture. Yeah. It doesn't tell the whole story. The ceilings are so high in the air. I'm six foot three and I feel fine in here. I've been in tiny homes and I feel like foster colors. Exactly. And to put some numbers to that, a container is eight foot wide, so it's seven foot wide on the inside, and, you, and it's got maybe an eight foot ceiling. We're 20 foot wide, and yeah. a nine and a half foot ceiling. Yeah, it's just really useful yeah. to bigger than to get it. Yeah. And that's all by design to create uh, a good feeling of space and to create a desirable living a living space. Well, let's talk about shipping, because I, I, I saw what they look like um, when they're about ready to get out the truck. They're a lot smaller than this, obviously, you have to fit it on the semi. So what's the process of shipping it out and then setting it up once it arrives? So there's a couple of key numbers to bear in mind. Uh, nationwide, worldwide, you can shoot eight and a half mm-hmm. wide. So we unpack to 20, but we pack down to eight and a half. And when, when the structure packs down, it doesn't pack down the whole way. It packs down, but means a six foot core, which you can see behind us. And within that six foot core, we can put all the dollar dense stuff. And that's absolutely groundbreaking. And it's dollar dense with materials and it's dollar dense with labor. So what can we put in there? We can put kitchens and baths and stairs and boiler rooms, and all of the infrastructure for the house, because most houses are about 70% empty space. So that is essentially panelized, and it unfolds. That's really smart. I was wondering how you squeeze appliances and everything. And in terms of unpacking, by the time we get to the retail customer, we will uh, be able to ship these out on our own, you know, boys, which is much less expensive than a a big rate. And then on the unpacking, when you get on site, the casino will be able to get dropped off without a crime, the driver will be able to drop it off himself and get on his way because time is money. And then when the customer has to set it on site, they'll be able to do that with a tether handler, which for your audience is just a big uh, forklift okay. and not a crane. Uh, so, and then on the unpacking, we're working on a mechanism that could actually be UPS, costs us about $600 in materials, where a couple of guys and this mechanism, and they can unpack it. Again, don't be a crane. So we don't just, you want, at our universe, we don't just look at our four walls in. 
we look outside of our four walls and say, what's the total process from beginning to end for that customer? Right. It's not coming out the door and say, you're on your own. Yeah. Here. And how can we lower costs every step of the way? And those are some of the unique features folks see online the unfolding and that's almost like the hook of the song. It's a great visual. And it's a thing song. It's got a tremendous amount of intention, but really any major invention has to be backed up. It's hundreds of minor inventions. Sure. Folks don't see that. And then that's pretty glamorous, but it's a whole, it's the whole package. So let's say I'm getting uh, one of these CDs delivered to my home. What do I need to have ready? Do I need um, electricity hookup, plumbing? Uh, do I need a foundation for it to sit on? Uh, what's, what do you have to have prepared before it arrives? Uh, yeah, it really depends on the use case. What we're providing is kind of like a shortcut for a, a builder and developer. So most of the heavy lifting is is done. Uh, kitchen, bathroom, bathroom, electric, plumbing, windows, flooring, uh, all that's done. When the casita arrives, it, it unfolds and kind of everything in the house is ready to go. You need to have your utilities ready to connect on site and you need to have some kind of um, solution for where you're going to put it. So in a lot of cases, that is a foundation, but you could also just unfold it on the grass if you want. For example, right now we're sitting on the parking lot on some bricks. Uh, the floor is super strong on the unit. And then the people are going to go and customize the, the house however they want. They might add a deck, they might add a different root pitch, but we're getting all the heavy lifting done. We kind of think of it as an, an architecturally neutral universal building box where, um, you know, we're just shortcutting this process for these builders who traditionally take, you know, six, eight months to do a single family build with our system. Uh, after your site prep's done, you know, you could have the, the, the room set up in a few hours or a few days. And, um, you know, that's kind of, I think, the game changer for, for lonely construction. Yeah, and that's the other bit. The other thing falls to one corner, right? So uh, the, the, the waste, the gray water, any electrical, it all pulls to one corner. It gets hooked up. Okay. Uh, very, very easy. My natural work got it. Yeah, nothing comes down the bottom of the year as well. Very cool. Um, so I was told you have a wait list of 110,000 units. Um, how are you going to build these things? That's, a, that's, a, that's an old number. It's, oh, it's 130 now. Okay, so a bigger problem. How are you going to build these? And the crazy thing about that number is a lot of those people don't want one unit. So that's 130,000 main balls. Ball or, sure. And, you know, the, the real number is in the millions on um, backlog for this uh, imitations of interest on the website. But we really just created that wait list to kind of prove demand. With and what's in, what do I what do I have to put down to just get on the wait list? Uh, so so that that's just a free wait list. All right, and then there is a deposit option as well. The deposit probably has about six or seven thousand paid deposits on that account. You up in the line a little faster. Yeah, exactly. So it'll just be based on you know how much people pay. And uh, right now, you know, this factory is about uh, three hundred thousand square feet. Uh, we're right now producing two houses a day. Uh, we can probably go up much more per day in this building, but still that's just scratching the surface of demand. So yeah, it's all about uh, scaling and getting into the next factory. So we're planning in the background right now, basically something 10 or 20 times larger than the current factory. We have, which you saw is already pretty big. And then we'll get all these efficiencies, economies of scale, and things will really go to the next level. And we think we're going to come in so much cheaper and faster and higher quality than everyone else. But the whole world's going to look at Boxable and say, holy shit, everything's different from now on. Yeah, scale is the big question. Yeah. Right? So to, to answer it with specifics in terms of numbers, and, and, and this is maybe 
this thing going, okay, we're making two or three a day of less than Sure. It's going to, it's going to, it's not going to get the job done. So this factory, which is grown to 70,000 to 300,000 square feet, uh, we stop a subsidiary at R&D factory. Uh, uh, one of the analogies you like to make is the Ford F-150. They make one every 60 seconds. We don't see why ultimately we can't put out uh, building shells configured or not configured every short 60 seconds. Uh, our original goal here was uh, every 90 minutes we're doing to a shift. Uh, I think something like that. Is that necessary? It's 24 hours a day. No, we've actually just slowed down to, to speed up about okay. our government order. So we're at four hours. We think our engineers are telling us maybe 30 minutes, something like that, is our next uh, speed up. Our, our next step. And then in terms of how we actually plan to scale, we can't go one, two, three, four. Factory-wise, we have to go one, two, four, eight, 60 jacks. So, so we've got these, these two uh, buildings now. We'll perfect the process. As Gary said, we're going to do something 15, 20 times larger. Another part would be a regional facility, along with the RAN in speed. We'll be taking you bumping it down to around 15, 20 minutes. We're always, always, we have 16 seconds, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, I get regional practice within our national borders. And then I think outside of our national borders is when it gets very, very exciting for us because yeah. we think of the factory as a product. It's a product that makes products. And when we're organizing this factory to be repeatable, to, to, to basically print up these factories. Sure. And I think that that's a very, very important point. And the way we plan to do that is, is with a franchise model. Because you go overseas, you've got You've got foreign rules, foreign tastes, foreign codes, foreign customers, then it has to be that a bit. And rather like uh, a franchise like McDonald's and you're getting a in, um, in China, it's different than McDonald's in Italy. So uh, that gets very exciting because then we use other people's resources, other people's money, among other. And instead of producing one factory at a time, uh, with major partners, we can do a dozen factories at a time. And I keep those factories probably need to have maybe five or 600,000 square foot as a minimum operating space. And then if you run the math out on those numbers, you can see that we are the only people with a building system and a, a building system that can build most things most of the time and a real plan to scale exponentially as, as we get all of our processes in place. So that brings me to, uh, I want to ask, why did you choose Vegas and sorry, when? Well, so it, there's, a, there's a few reasons there. First of all, uh, they had to be a tax friend to stay because mm -hmm. it was a personal income tax for our own staff. I was also going to ask you if Nevada offered any incentives uh, tax-wise to be here. Not not when we started. Okay, we just chose someone. We, we, we looked up a couple of places like Ted's or Safari. I think we were in Hampshire, maybe this one too cold. Yeah, well, we look, you look at where the greatest demand is for housing. It's south and west. You think it's what's needed. So south and west made sense. Nevada made sense because it's a terrific state with, with no income tax. Being, the transit corridors are fantastic. Uh, we're close enough to the ports. Las Vegas, interestingly, is very much... An import town. Mm -hmm. Engines leave empty. Engines by engines, I mean big bricks. Yeah. So we can get a, a great discount on on ship. Oh, that's good to know. And then it's a small town with a big footprint. The our the, the mayors have all been absolutely fantastic. And uh, you know, finally, who doesn't want to come to Las Vegas, man? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Not too hard to get clients to come in. You know. <laughs> I mean, we have probably 20, 30, 40 people 
coming a day, just customers, investors. I can attest to that. I, I, we were in here maybe about 15 minutes before to set up and we kept getting interrupted by tours. You guys are just moving people in and out. People are really interested in this. A lot of good reasons for the best way to the data, I would say. It. No, no, no. Come to Richard Chonis. I'm really big on Mustard, I guess, too, as well. Um, let's talk about the investment side of it. Um, you guys are, do have an offering right now. Um, what is currently available for our listeners to check out Boxelol and what are some of the highlights of the offering? Yeah, so um, when we started initially, uh, you know, Palo put in several million dollars to get the company up and running. And then at the point where we said we're ready for a factory, we started run, raising money from outside investors. Mm-hmm. We immediately went straight to kind of uh, retail individual investors through the website. I mean, just leverage social media and all the awareness uh, to, to uh, raise money uh, from people ending up on the website. And that's worked really well for us. I think we've set kind of a bunch of records. We've now- I've got to set a ton of box a lot ads on, I think on Instagram and Facebook for sure. Well, we're going to follow you with any of that. It's not going to stop until I invest, I guess. <laughs> Even when you invest, it won't stop. They're cool ads. Then you guys got some fun ads. <laughs> we'll wait. Yeah. So, so we've, we've now raised over $120 million uh, through, through the website, which is not very common. Uh, and uh, right now, anyone can invest. Um, this so, yeah, I want to ask that too. So do you have to be affected into invest? Um, so we did go through the SEC and get what's called Reg A qualification, which allows anyone to invest. Um, we were able to raise, I think, about $70 million through that method. Uh, we started back April 1st, I think about 50 million in. So there's about 20 left. Uh, and it's, it's going really, really quickly now. So I think that's been closed soon. And then um, if you are accredited, you can also invest. Um, there's a, a tiered uh, share price structure where you invest a higher amount, your share price with them, share sure. a bit. Uh, so anyone who's interested can go to invest.oxcall.com, read more about that. Great. So uh, also, do you have to be a U.S. citizen to invest? No, no. Uh, we could accept investors from almost all over the world. Okay, awesome. And the minimum investment, I believe, is $1,000. Is that correct? Yeah, $1,000 for the um, retail Investors and then the first share price break starts at the credited offering, which is twenty thousand dollar okay. month. Yeah, great. Um, and then what kind of permissions and fees are being taken out of this investment? Uh, really, not many, and that's why we like this method because we were able to kind of you know shortcut all the traditional institutions uh, to to get to this money. And the idea is that we would uh, raise money now as an early stage company, and then eventually. Uh, go public and, and get onto the stock market. Hopefully, we're successful at a higher valuation and everyone gets liquidity at that. So, the goal is the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to need to because what we're doing here is just so big, it's so capital intensive. Uh, I'm, we're trying to raise a billion dollars right mm-hmm. now for this next scale of, of factory. And, you know, everything about this is big. The, the product itself is big. The amount of, of equipment, the amount of uh, warehouse space, you know, everything. Is just uh, really big, and the market size, of course, is huge. The uh, building construction around the world is about ten trillion dollar marketing. It's like one of the biggest things out there, and it's such a big opportunity because it's so old school. And its potential here is not just to change uh, the, the product to make the product nicer and faster, but to transition an entire industry into the factory environment that's not there. Uh, I don't think there's anything else out there bigger than, than Boxable as far as upside. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I'm surprised it took this long to get to the concept of we can build a house in a factory. I think it's really interesting. 
Um, if you Boston want to check it out, um, I do have to mention that you, if you want to visit uh, boxworld.com slash circular, you can read their offering um, and have all the SEC uh, reggae compliance in there. Anything you want to read up on is available there. I'll also put the links in the notes. Um, if you guys don't mind, a few minutes extra to take some questions from our listeners. That's stupid. Cool. Good up. These are our Patreon numbers. Um, these are kind of like our, our super fans of Invest Like a Loss. They got some, some hard questions and just warning you right now. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, Brianna uh, asks, she says, really excited to have Inboxwell on and curious to learn more. A um, couple of questions that she has, though, is we already brought this one up, so I'm going to skip it. She asks, um, why you stay silent on the Elon Musk thing? And I think we got that all sorted out. But this one, this one for you, Galliano. She says she found some interesting photos on your Instagram, like duffel bags full of cash and wild party photos. Nice. Uh, Brianna doesn't think it's a great look for your company that's raising money from the public. Uh, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> well, I think that, you know, we should just look at what works and it's worked because we've set records. Sure. <laughs> but that that stuff is just, you know, the truth about me and what was out there before Boxable. I didn't go in and delete all my personal stuff yeah. in assessment no, I... Boxable. But um, before Boxable, I had uh, a large uh, marijuana business that has an all, all cash business. Yep. Um, so that's where some of those money duffel bag pictures are going to them. And, and it's okay, Sam, one of our co-founders started at a e-sync does that. So we're all about the same. <laughs> I want to say, I'd also like to point out that, uh, you know, there's, there's obviously some basic competence here yeah. in terms of money raising, uh, execution, ideas, uh, building a team, getting settled. And uh, if there was anything nefarious going on, perhaps we wouldn't put Cantia Wilbur and have pictures. I would put it on, you know, Instagram or wherever it showed up. Sure. So that may reflect more on the sophistication of, of the question than, uh, than, than and what we're actually... Honestly, I'm all about people having a private life too, yeah. and like, you want to have fun. I guess the other thing is, that just to a deeper point though, is that when our stuff shows in suits, uh, spewing a corporate line, yeah. we're going to be ourselves uh, because... We can afford to be ourselves. We think it's the best way to run a business with the maximum transparency and frankness, frankness allowable. We live possibility there that way. And what we've noticed is that the audience loves it. The audience yeah. loves that we're not stuff shows. So if you see, you know, a guy with a mullet riding a unicorn or a barrel full of cash. It's all part of yeah. the, the possible story that is us and our star. I think that's why our podcast was so well as well, too. So we're not that meta there. You know, we want to have fun and it's casual and the, the stuffy business suits. I think it's definitely the last. The, 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 the drama and controversy and silliness, it all contributes to this like viral success. Um, and you're like my funny hair. And all, all this other stuff we've done, that's the reason we're here right now. And at the end of the day, it's backed up by uh, competence and delivery. And since the beginning, we did everything we said we were going to do. We got in here. We spent the money wisely. We scaled up massive factory, hired hundreds of people, uh, rapidly delivered a government order with a, a brand new prototype product. Uh, we just ended out of the park. It's not common that... Uh, Someone started a massive hardware manufacturing startup that we have less than a year after turning on factory one is now turning on factory two uh, over our new building right there. So, you know, they're going to keep seeing weird, funny stuff. 
But at the end of the day, they're also going to see us delivering our promises and working hard. And it's all going to work together. And this thing's going to keep kind of small. I like it. All right. That was the toughest question. He said about it. Uh, William Henderson asks, uh, how difficult is it to repair or replace such things as a broken window or appliance compared to a standard home? Well, I mean, the, the appliances are well, well-known brand appliances from the Frigidaire or whoever they might be, whoever gives us the best product mm-hmm. at, uh, at, at, at the best price that we can pass on to our customers. And that same thing goes for, you know, our windows and boards. These are standard appliances that we'll have in stock. You know, if you're having a raid and you break the window, We'll be there. We'll be there for you just to uh, to to send another send another window. The the product is built to modular code. Modular code is currently the highest standard in the land. Again, it's pre-industrial because it's uh, there's different uh, rules for every state. And one of the things we want to do, apart from starting with the highest standard, uh, we believe that uh, Oxford was built to a higher standard than Stickville, is we actually want to have a possible standard that we would have at the federal level down the road. Imagine if you bought a car and you weren't allowed to drive it from, you know, Nevada to Arizona. It's just that uh, issue. I'm, I swear I did a rental car in Los Angeles. They said, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to Vegas. And well, you can't leave California. <laughs> like, That's just there. But you didn't. I got another car here. Another. This is a good point, though, which we haven't covered, yeah. that the innovations go far beyond just the folding house. Uh, we're building these houses using all new building materials, all new manufacturing methods that are commonly used to build houses. So this is not a lumber frame, wood and nails house like you would see with traditional building construction in North America. Um, everything is new. Everything is different. And the resulting building not only is optimized for rapid, low-cost manufacturing and dramatic part reduction and all this other good stuff, but the, the resulting building is outperforming on almost every metric. So we tried to dial the building in so we could have one building that works everywhere. That's a good transition to uh, Marco Pateglia, who had some questions. He had some uh, questions on the investment side, which I think we've covered, but he also wanted to know um, how durable are these houses? How long do you see them lasting? And what are some of the climate conditions where they may not be so great? I mean, Vegas is a tough climate. I mean, if it makes it here, I think it's going to make it anywhere. Yes. So basically, we wanted to have one universal product that works everywhere. Right now, the way it's done is if you build a building in Florida, you'll build it for high winds. It's built a certain way. If you build it in California, you'll build it for earthquakes. It's built a certain way. So we went through and dialed it in to exceed almost every requirement. So the energy efficiency on these is absolutely massive. Um, they all have hurricane wind load ratings on the wall. So these buildings could go in Miami, Florida, and the same building that's here in Vegas could go in Miami, Florida, high wind conditions. Um, they're all clad in uh, uh, fire-resistant materials. They're all uh, water-resistant. It, if it gets flooded on the inside, it'll just kind of dry off. There'll be less damage. You won't have to tear out sheet rock uh, and lumber studs because there is no sheet rock mm-hmm. and lumber studs. So um, that's all backed up by third-party test data that we're publishing. And, you know, even just building something that's actually with repeatability and automation quality control, you're going to have a better product. And then top that off with the fact that we're using all these certain building materials. Uh, these things are superior buildings. They're going to be rapidly produced at a lower cost. Uh, we're kind of hitting all, all the nails. They're basically steel, concrete, and insulation. And, you know, philosophically, we have a forever approach. You know, have a forever approach. Uh, uh, they should last the generations. 
Yeah, and um, where we're filming this, um, we're actually next to a freeway, so it's actually pretty quiet in here. So that's, that's not bad. Um, last last couple of questions here. ABE asks, uh, what's the current lead time on delivering a house? So if you get on a wait list, I, I'm assuming you said you get bumped up, you put a deposit down. How long do you think today, if I put it in, I would have my docs? Basically, it's all about the next factory. Unless we get to the next factory, 99% of the list is not getting a house because the list is so incredibly big. Now, is, is the next factory contingent on fulfilling this investment? Um, yeah, so we are raising money from the next factory. We're planning it in the backgrounds, and we'll get there. Uh, everything is kind of moving in our direction, and resources and opportunities are pouring in all the time. But demand for this product is just insane, and, and that that all helps the mission because you know that opportunity to have that much demand for a product is going to attract more investment or more resources to make the product. The first fully functional factory, I mean, it's going to be cited on couple of hundred acres and we'll we'll be three, four million square feet of building and we'll tranche it out in, in tranches on the buildings. Uh and we'll be going in there with a lights out philosophy, Japanese lights out philosophy where you should theoretically be able to flip the switch and it makes houses in the dark. Sure. Of course we're not gonna do that and may hopefully be stupid. We'll leave the lights on. Uh but uh, we need s- speed and scale. And the other good things that come along with speed and scale and you systemize in some leverage of uh, supply and some materials that we can absolutely crush the costs on their stains. Um, and that will get passed on uh, to, the, to the customer. So it's uh, it's pretty game-changing the path we're on. And when you, when you do a new product development, you find out early on if the, if, the, if the new idea is sort of trending like this or trending like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, on day one, this uh, this this entire bioweight was in the training, like and, <laughs> and but 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 also you know functionally operationally in the factory the costs all the granular spikes that we it's very boring we have to get stuck into it's all trending the right way I think uh, higher than my upside sort of mental you know projections uh, maybe eighteen months ago I think that goes for both of us yes. Great. Um, that actually leads me to the question I forgot to ask you too. Um, as far as supplies and getting costs down in that matter, um, you know, we're just getting out of this pandemic and there's still major supply chain issues, especially in the automotive space. If you're if you're uh, relating your factory to the automotive manufacturing, have you seen any problems with with your supplies? Yeah. Yeah. Um, total supply chain has been a total disaster. Pricing rising have been a total disaster. Well, just lumber prices alone, I think last year were twenty four hundred dollars. But for us. This was a lesson we learned immediately because we were like born into it. Mm-hmm. You know, we weren't an established company that was all of a sudden hit with this. So we adapted with it. We overcame it. Uh, everything's all good to go and uh, n- no major problems right now. And it's difficult for everyone. There's uh, delays at the ports. Shipping container from China is, you know, five times as much as it used to be. Sure. Uh, every single commodity is up 20%. Uh, it's, it's not uh, easy at all, but we are focused on dialing in uh, the cost of the product through, you know, smart engineering, uh, new manufacturing equipment, uh, buying better, bulk purchasing scale. All of these things are, are pushing our product cost uh, to where it needs to be. Yeah. And the invention doesn't just, you know, stop at the building shop. Uh, we just, uh, just, just recently, we've been having to bring our heads up and breathe and say, okay, what other cost savings can we 
can we do? So we apply the same process to, to kitchens and bathrooms, even furniture. And I'll give you some real-world dollar examples. I think when we started um, the, the order for the cabinet, it was just doing it at any cost. And I shared those kitchens were costing, kitchen and bath, all the cabinetry was costing us around $4,400. I think it went down to about $2,500 today. So I was, uh, yeah, and to get better, our latest uh, costing is about $1,100. Wow. And uh, that's what you can do when you have a system. That's what you can do when you have a system. You apply those. You know what, first principle? We talk prices. How much do I got to pay for one of these? Uh, so the last customer we had paid sixty dollars and more the casino model. Just on, on six, six. Oh, I just say I want ten of them. You saw that? Six You got it on still. I gave it for six dollars. So sixty thousand. Does that include delivery and setup? Uh, no, just um, you know, pick it up at our factory. We'll we'll arrange uh, shipping, uh, and that's really far far less than and anything else out there. Yeah. If you look at every single competitor. Uh, especially like uh, backyard accessory drilling unit, covers in California, they're all at least double the price. Um, even if you look at products that aren't comparable, that are built to kind of lower standard, like um, um, part model RVs or manufacturer housing, they're all they're all priced to build that as well. So, you know, we're at a really good spot, even at this early stage, and it's only going to get higher than think. And the shipping's not bad because if you think about the current market now, this factory built, they're, they're shipping 14, 15 feet. They need a flat car in front, flat mm-hmm. in the rear, permits, stops across speed lines. We don't do any of that. We put up in the truck and go with no permits. So that's not bad at all. And that was one of the things we had to fix. In fact, uh, you know, we can ship all over the world. Awesome. Well, I think you're going to get a lot of interest from our bosses out there. If you want to actually purchase a casino or at least get on the wait list, you can head to boxable.com. That's B O X A B L. Dot com And if you want to invest, check out boxful.com slash circular. I think boxful.com slash invest as well. Uh, anywhere else you want people to go to check out our Boxful? Yeah, uh, please, you know, uh, go to the website, uh, check out our social media. We post constant updates on uh, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Oh, maybe we should give out your personal Instagram now. Too. Yeah, if you, got, if you want to go see um, pictures of uh, ads and money and Melissa and Lillian uh, you can you can find me easily on on Instagram as well. My, I'm linked to on the on the Boxable uh, Instagram page as well. And everything we're doing is like constantly updated on there, super transparent. We also invite anyone who wants to come and do a tour of the factory, so you can schedule a tour of the factory as well. And if anyone is interested in kind of joining us and working for Boxable, uh, there's a page on the website for that as well. They can email hireinboxable.com. Yeah, if I could just add that absolutely, if you're brilliant, come and work for us. I will absolutely come and work for us. This space for you. I uh, also mentioned that guy, I'm at least having an fans. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so you're going to have to check it out. For well, you got to raise money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever it takes. And I'm going to encourage everyone to come down. To- I mean, by the way, this is my mod. <laughs> So this is so my dad's the one shooting it now. So I'm not so I'll tell you, uh, I just started the OnlyFans and it's just not poor. And I'll also say, it's business. Absolutely, yeah, it's business business. And I'll also say, you know, come to Las Vegas, it's a great place to spend a couple of days. Come up, take a tour of the factory, we'll treat you like solid gold because you are solid gold, gold because we're here. This great democratized business with uh, thousands and thousands of investors. This allowed us to keep the great majority of the company. This allowed us to give 
uh, our own staff, and even the, the kit pushing to bloom out their stock options. Uh, it's a very sort of egalitarian in place, and it's a very modern way to build and grow a company. And uh, I think that that's going to pay off very well for everybody in the end, including uh, our investors. I love it. I mean, you can catch a vibe when you, when you go visit an office. Everyone's in a good mood here. No one was crabby or like, don't talk to me or anything like that. Everyone's curious about what's going on. So it's a really good sign that I think you guys have done something right here. Uh, definitely Boston, if you're in Vegas, come out to Box Bowl. That's, I don't know, 20 minutes from the strip. Uh, pretty awesome location. It's just getting bigger and bigger and very impressive, guys. Thank you for taking the time to come on at Best Like a Boss. Great. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Nice to be here. Thank you. Oh, Derek, Derek. I thank you guys for, for listening through that uh, little bit of echo. We, uh, hopefully <laughs> it was cleaned up uh, a tiny bit, but it was good information and it's a cool concept. It just, the microphone was just too far away and in an empty box, it literally is an echo chamber. I, uh, some, I don't know. Me and tech just don't get along. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I, no matter how much I try, I just can't fight it anymore, John. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, I guess I got the I got the clear sound of the interview, so I can speak to a lot of the things. Um, first of all, Paulo and Galliano, super cool guys. Um, they're like they're made for Vegas, I will say. <laughs> they, um, Paulo actually lives right on the strip. He said he lives in a condo on the strip. Um, they're just they're those guys, and they're fun, and they're not afraid to have fun at work. So I first of all, I really appreciate that. Yeah, a couple of their videos where they're showing the the updates of their factory tours. They're like riding motorcycles like in the factory, you know, doing They have their like own bird tricks. scooters, Johnny. They give everyone a bird scooter. Oh, wow. And you know what? Do you know they have their own rap song? No. Possible? Hold on. Yes. We got to we got to find that. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are definitely fun guys and it's 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 such a cool concept. Like I'm I'm jealous that you're able to to tour these and see them in person. And the the timing worked out really great because uh, it was brought up in the interview too. But I think just about a week ago, there was always a rumor that Elon Musk was living in a boxable, and then he kind of denied it and just said, "Oh, I'm in a, like a tiny home." It didn't ex- explain who it was. And then he was on a podcast um, as a guest, which Elon, feel free to come on iLab anytime you want. Um, that he was for sure living in a boxable and that's just kind of blew up boxable spot a lot. And uh, what do you think about Elon? First of all, living in it and the fact that they had to sign an NDA to give the, like essentially the first boxable ever to Elon. You know, I was going to say, he definitely jumped to the, the wait list because yeah. I think for everyone else, they're still holding out on theirs. Um, I think it's cool. I mean, I see why Elon liked it. And, you know, Elon's kind of a minimalist guy anyways. Uh, I, I, do you know where his is? I think it was at SpaceX, right? Yeah, it's it's like out in the parking lot, they said. Yeah, I, I can see him living in one. You know, he's, dude, he is the coolest billionaire to have ever existed. <laughs> like, the fact that he is a billionaire and is happy to live in a $50,000 tiny home, like, you know, at work, so he can, you know, just do more. Like, how cool is that? I kind of get the sense that he's taking on a little too much lately. He even teased the other day that he wants to buy the uh, Manchester United football team. And it's like, Elon, just slow down. Like, we love your cars. We love the space stuff. <laughs> and then you get into this Twitter stuff and soccer now. Like, you're spreading yourself a little too thin, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, 
it would be so sad if he becomes a super villain one day, you know, just from like <laughs> being underappreciated. So Elon, please just chill out, just enjoy. Give <laughs> enjoy us cool cars and send us to space. We'll be definitely happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. So would you buy a boxable? I would, but that brings me to my first problem with boxable is at the rate they're building them. I don't know if you guys caught it. They're only building two a day right now, like just two. So the wait list is 130,000 people. Um, let's just disregard that because the majority of them actually have not put deposits down. Uh, Galliano had told me about six to 7,000 have put a sizable deposit down. So they're at the top of the list. So even at 7,000 paid deposits, the at the pace they're at now, uh, how long, can you do the math, Johnny? How long would it take me to get my boxable? <sighs> 7,000 people divided by two divided by three, six, 365. I don't know. Uh, nine ten years, years. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years. Are you going to wait that long for a boxable? No, absolutely not. And, okay. So, so there's two types of deposits. Um, I signed up for the free version, which means I'll get mine in 10 years. Uh, then there's one where you put down, I think $200 to get on the wait list. Or a five thousand dollar deposit to get early access. I'm assuming the seven thousand people put down two hundred bucks. I'm okay. curious how many people have put down the five thousand. That's good to know. I didn't know there was multiple tiers, so I'm glad you asked that. Um, yeah. It would be good to know. Um, there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously they have to scale, which they're working on it. They do have a second factory next door that they're building. Um, they weren't able to show it to me yet because it's just basically an empty factory right now. Um, but one thing I noticed, I also put the tour of the factory in the show notes. You guys can check that out. It's quick. It's maybe about five minutes. Um, it's mostly human beings just working on the assembly line. There's really no machinery. Johnny, have you ever been to an aut an automotive factory? Not a working one, but I've been, I think I, I went to the Lamborghini one in, uh, in Italy just as a tour. Well, so that's mostly people too. I'm thinking more like I've been to like BMW, Porsche, things like that. And it's robots everywhere. You'd be surprised. I I swear there's like 10 people that make a BMW and the rest is all robots. It's wild, but it's so efficient. And they're pumping out cars every few minutes. Whereas Boxable is pumping out one Boxable every four hours. And they only have one shift of workers a day. So I thought a quick solution is why not run the factory 24 hours a day? But they're literally just running one shift, one crew uh a day. So yeah, I don't know if that's, if that's a financial issue where they just don't have, or it's even a staffing issue. It's really hard to hire right now too. Um, but they really need to kick it into gear. Yeah. And also the, um, the manpower. I mean, you would think that some of this would be, be able to be automated or at least like mass produced. It, it doesn't make sense that they're, you know, bespoke making, you know, each, uh, each possible right now, finishing one and then starting a second, they should just be making, you know, a hundred frames, a hundred, you know, um, kitchens, a hundred, whatever, just plug and playing them. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think they had told me that, you know, the automated processes are on the way. There's just no real timeline for all this. And they're only able to make the one single uh, studio casita model right now. The future is to have multiple different models that you can stack and plug and play, but it's just not there yet. Yeah, I, I saw that. I think it's cool that they have that as a um, option in the future. But to be honest, if they just had the Casilla and it was just a one-room studio apartment, you know, one floor, um, I think that's great because even that 
is pretty flexible because you can have it be an office, you can have it be a, a you know a, a bedroom, uh, you can have it be like a like a home you know backyard gym whatever it is. I think it's cool. You know, I think that if I had a piece of land, if I lived in LA or something, and had a yard where I could put this in, I would I would be very tempted to put the five thousand dollars down and just say okay, like let me let me get this. But I would be pissed if I put five grand down and waited two years with no no response. Yeah, I wouldn't be happy about that either. Um, and also, you know, a good idea breeds imitation. So you know what I saw last night, Johnny? Too now there's a new one, mm. um, based here in Los Angeles to essentially do the same thing. Either add an ADU or you can turn it into like a gym, an office, things like that. And it, it looks really cool. Uh, it's a company called Azure, which I'm gonna try to get on the podcast. And they do 3D printing ones, and they're made oh, that's out of cool. plastic. That's smarter. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, like. I'm just waiting for the day where, I mean, I would still expect, you know, they're always going to, there's always going to be a two to four week wait, you know, uh, you know, wait list. Um, but right now it's like a two to four year wait list for, for everything. Yeah. So I think every single uh, house that has a side yard, front yard, you know, whatever it is, just some, some room in these expensive areas, they should just all have ADUs. You know, California has made it legal now. It, they pay for themselves. I mean, for fifty grand, and if you can rent this out for you know two grand a month or something, in two years you can get your money back. Yeah, in my neighborhood at least, if you had a single family house here and you had space to put an ADU on, it's minimum. I'd say twenty five hundred minimum. So yeah, in two years you're getting all your money back, and then whatever resale value when you sell the house too. It's it hundred percent makes sense in in an expensive area where you actually have the land. Yeah, uh, you know what, what's crazy is. Uh, last week, I went to look at a house here in Ukraine that is <laughs> a thriving so, real estate market. Yeah. Um, it was a, like a two hour drive from, from Kiev, kind of middle of nowhere in like a village. But f- the house, you get a working house on a piece of land for $4,000. Oh, that's that's a, like two months of rent for me. And I have a whole house in the middle of a war zone. Sounds like paradise. Yeah, it's (laughs) insane. I mean, like it's, I really hope this war ends uh, soon because it's like a retiree's dream. You know, you have a nice, you know, you know, good, like big garden and this like, you know, and and like, you know, it's not a big house, but it's a, it's a working house. So it's, it's crazy that, you know, we're talking about, you know, million dollar lots in in California plus 50 grand being a bargain, you know, versus, you know, where I'm sitting right now. It's like <laughs> the, the complete opposite. Could we see after this war is done, Johnny FD real estate mogul? Oh, great. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of done. <laughs> I, I, my original plan before this war started was I wanted to pick up a bunch of uh, rental properties because I had my one in, in uh, Harkiv that was doing 20%. It was amazing. And I was like, All yeah. right, let me uh, scale this up. But you know, I guess it's good that uh, I never ended up buying the third property. That seemed like such a good plan. I think the, the week I came to see you in Ukraine – was you like your first week of Airbnb and you're like, this is so great. And then I remember right when I landed that someone had busted the lockout on the door. <laughs> yeah. It was a pain in the ass, <laughs> but you know, even then it was still good because even though um, I had so many problems and, you know, e- even with finding someone to to manage it and clean it and all that stuff, it was, it was honestly a pain in the ass, but it was still worth it. So 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with real estate. I don't like owning things or having to deal with this headache. Now that I have a car and two apartments, it's I'm tied, I'm tied down here. Like if I want to go somewhere for, for a month, uh, it's just hard to do. But if I had something like a box, like if I lived in the U.S., okay, l- l- let's say I had a normal house, right? Mm-hmm. Which is in California is like a you know million dollar house. <laughs> yeah, that's I, even not that great. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I had room for an ADU. I would absolutely 100% put the ADU in, live in that, rent out the main house, get three, four grand a month, and then my ADU. I would just live in it, you know, have my stuff there. And then if I was ever going to travel, I can either just lock it up and forget about it. Or I would, you know, rent that out on Airbnb or something or, you know, uh, short term and be done with it. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a good little hack. I, I totally agree with that. Um, as far as like the investment in buying a Voxable and renting it, I think is it's really great potential. What do you think about the investment in Voxable itself? I don't know that much about it. I know they're selling it for eighty cents a share. Um, do you know? Do you know more? The only thing I know, uh, well, essentially, let's talk about the non-accredited, since that applies to most of our audience. Yeah. Um, it's through Start Engine, who have actually been on the show before. Um, I want to say that was before I was with the podcast, but I've definitely listened to that episode. Um, have you ever done a Start Engine campaign? First of all. I think I did, and not, nothing went with it, but it was such a small amount that it almost didn't matter. Sure. So it looks like their current start engine campaign right now has raised just over 22 million uh, between about 10,000 investors. So I guess if we do the math on that, we can see how many people, how much the average investment is. Um, let me do that quick here. So the average person actually looks like they're putting about $20,000 into um, each investment, which is huge. Yeah, honestly. but. I- I'm also assuming that there's a couple really big uh, ones sure. and a bunch of smaller ones, but yeah, it looks like uh, reasons to invest over hundred million previously raised. I don't know if that's a reason or just they burned through hundred million already. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> K reservations, which are which just he told me is ones. now up to one hundred and thirty, but yeah, yeah, essentially, okay, four thousand paid deposits. That's definitely the people putting two hundred bucks down and and not five grand. Mm-hmm. Um, which he had told me now is 6,000. So these numbers are a little old, but it all kind of yeah. adds up. But it's, yeah, it's about, it's about delivering. If they can find a way to actually deliver, I think it's, it's a great product, um, you know, from, from what I've seen and it's amazing design. Uh, you know, it's a great price point. I just, I'm, I'm just super curious. It, it almost kind of reminds me of Elon talking about how he's, he's going to sell, you know, $30,000 Tesla's. And then everyone got excited, and then you know it took like three years to to ship the Model Three, and yeah, it, it was never thirty thousand. I was just gonna say, actually, the Boxable is more like sixty thousand, from what I've heard recently too. Um, it this company actually really reminds me of Tesla, which could be an amazing thing if they execute. So their initial model, just like Tesla's first model, was uh, a repurpose uh, Lotus. It wasn't even you know their own car, mm-hmm. and um, this initial Casita from Boxable is really using existing technology. It's like modular homes. Um, these, uh, I think they're called sys panels. Um, I talked to an architect friend of mine and he said that technology has been around for like 20 years. They're just putting it into, um, you know, different use case. So it's really not new technology. I think essentially their stackable technology would be a, a new technology, but they're just not there yet. So Tesla was kind of in the same space. 
and they had a fun, quirky leader, you know, like Paulo and Galliano. So if they can execute, it's huge, but it's all about the execution and there's good potential, but there's also a lot of problems that they're going to face coming up too. Yeah. Uh, so as for me, there is zero chance, even like, I want to say, I'm going record. I love the concept. I would love to own a box of wool. Uh, there's right now, as of, you know, 2022 and what I've seen, there is zero chance I would invest money in it. Uh, even though I believe in some type of mass production building system and I hope they do well, I just don't see it as a, uh, a very, you know, straightforward, uh, not even guaranteed, but it's just, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't see like me getting my money back anytime soon. Uh, and even to buy one, I think I would, I would have to contact them first and say, Hey, if I put five grand down, when am I going to get delivery? Cause if, and I want that in a contract that I'm going to get it by a certain yeah. point. So. Or, you know, to be able to, to, to refund and get my deposit back easily. Cause yeah, I would not want not only the five grand tied up, but also, you know, not starting the process of, of building or buying a different one. Yeah. Or even just preparing for it. You know, what if you put the plumbing and the electrical and all that in and, and you're just sitting, you know, that, that costs money too. And then you're just sitting on that for a year or two. It's, I don't know. I, I really, I like it. And I wanted to just throw a thousand bucks in it, but now I'm at that point where I've invested in so many things from the show. It's like, do I really want another piece of paper at the end of the year to give to my accountant that isn't going to pay off for however many years? Yeah. Well, I, I can, I can see, uh, see why I mean, I'm kind of going the, the same route nowadays. So I'm curious, uh, all of you guys in, uh, you know, listening in, uh, and also let's, let's post the, the video, uh, the full tour is going to be what in Patreon. And then are you going to have us a, a teaser or something in the boss lounge as well? Yeah. Patreon got early access, so, um, they're going to get it first, but you know, we'll eventually release it to everybody, but, um, just another reason to sign up for Patreon. They've actually had this for over two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, Patreons, uh, let us know how you liked it. And then everyone else, keep an eye out in the Boss Lounge for the video tour where Derek is actually sitting in a boxable, uh, as you probably heard. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Johnny, I want to get to one new feature that we teased, I don't know, like four or five episodes back, and we haven't done it yet. Um, you had put out there, we did an AMA episode with you and Sam, and you said, you know, if you guys have any other questions, record them and send them and we'll play them on the podcast. You want to give one a shot? Yeah, let's try it. All right. So hopefully this will work with our sound issues lately. Uh, this is Jeff, who's actually a good friend of the show and he's a Patreon as well. He's got a question specifically for you, Johnny. I'm going to play it up here. Hey guys, this is Jeff from downtown Los Angeles. I really enjoyed your podcast and I've invested in some of the ideas I've learned from you. I'm also a Patreon member and I've been a digital nomad for a long, long time. So I have a question for Johnny. Johnny, I think that you made most of your savings through drop, drop shipping, and you even produced a drop shipping course. So you obviously have the skills and contacts to make a good living from drop shipping. Since you did well with it, do you ever plan to go back to drop shipping? Thanks. All right. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for the question, but also for being a Patreon. Um, yeah. So in 2013, I was living in Thailand and I uh, I took a course um, on how to sell things online through, through something called a dropship model. Dropshipping itself had kind of 
turn into this weird, you know, thing where you're selling cheap crap from from AliExpress. Uh, that's not what I did. Uh, I actually had a, ma- a manufacturer in San Diego, of out of all places. So it was like legit furniture, um, kind of. Um, type items and I was selling it to people in the US. I had over, I think I had over a thousand orders and they're all happy customers or they would have returned it. Uh, and they were pretty, you know, pretty pricey things. They're like $400 to $1,000 items. So the model worked great for me. I did it from 2013 to 2000, I think 18 or 19. I sold that store as well as the second one who I, I had started uh, in a different niche. Uh, and all together, uh, I think I sold the stores for 60,000 and then another like 50 grand. So, uh, that's where a lot of my, my investment capital came from. Uh, the reason why I don't do it now is it takes a lot of time. It's, it's like any other business. And, uh, I'm very fortunate that I can make enough from YouTube now, uh, kind of on my own pace in a creative way where I'd rather make, you know, you know, three, four grand a month doing something I, I enjoy doing than, work on a business um, and grow business. Um, so now I just tell people, you know, um, if, if they want to do it on their own, uh, they can. And actually, I, I don't have a course. I just have a series of YouTube videos. Uh, that, so they're obviously free to watch that I just kind of do a, did a brain dump during COVID where I was like, all right, I'll, I'll create, you know, create this like mini course online for free and just throw it on there. Yeah, I actually looked into your uh, videos and it just, it didn't do anything for me. I think... Uh, personally, if I had to choose between drop shipping and what you're doing on YouTube, I think the YouTube stuff looks a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, just it, I, I know you know creating content on YouTube is not for everyone, um, you know, especially for people who want to be like a little bit more behind the scenes. So, yeah, I, I was absolutely happy that I had found uh, drop shipping and, and not the you know the shady AliExpress version, but you know actually selling like legit things. Like if, for example, if Boxable allowed you to be an authorized dealer and that they're actually shipping like that's something that i would have loved to drop ship so you know i think if i was gonna get into it today i would look into seeing if i can be an authorized dealer for like tiny homes or maybe even tiny home like you know um accessories like tiny home toilets or tiny home like uh, for specific furniture or, or the trailers or something like i think that would be a cool business oh i think we just found a new business johnny yeah <laughs> Uh, Well, thanks for the question, Jeff. Really appreciate it. If you guys have your own question you want to hear aired on the show, it's super simple. Um, iPhone, I'm sure Android has it as well. Just record it on your little voice recorder. Uh, Tag it in an email and send it to me, Derek at InvestLikeABoss. That's D-E-R-E-K at InvestLikeABoss.com. And we'll do our best to put it on the show. All right. Thanks again uh, for Derek going out to Vegas. I'm sure you had a good time. And thank you guys for listening and supporting the show. Yeah, and more in the show notes. So check it out if you want to learn more about Boxable. Otherwise, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.